cast of Billy Elliot the Musical. He then ventured into numerous TV and film roles that included Jimmy McGovern's critically acclaimed Accused for the BBC and the leading role of Eddie in Stephen Cookson's My Angel, for which he won Best Newcomer at the Monaco International Film Festival for his performance. Joey then trained at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama and after graduating went on to perform in theatres such as the RSC, the Lowry in Manchester and Dublin's The Gate Theatre. I know Joey from Outlander which he joined in season 7 where he portrays the role of Denzel Hunter. We talk in this episode about his transition from child actor to fully grown adult actor and what it's been like joining such a big show like Outlander. He's absolutely fab. I'm sure you're going to love him if you don't already. Here's Joey Phillips. Hey, Joey. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for traveling, traversing London. I know. It's yeah. been quite an epic journey, but so worth it yeah to see you. and you used to live in these areas. i did back in yeah. my old stomping ground which is actually so nice yeah. to be back literally a couple of streets away that's almost. nice yeah. london feels small when it's like that when you kind of get to know an area yeah for sure and like because i live far out now yeah. every time i come into london i go past all of the other places i used to live so it's oh, a nice like little memory trip down lane. Lane, yeah. <laughs> and because you're you're from up near me really aren't yeah, you yeah yeah northwest all northerners in the room yeah oh, i didn't realize you were a northerner and yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Whereabouts are you from? Well, I can say to you, and you're not going to laugh, I'm from Ramsbottom. Oh, no, I do know where Ramsbottom yeah. is. I did I did a radio advert in a chip shop in Ramsbottom. What the hell? Yeah, when I oh was doing God. The Sound of Music. Wow, that was your big break. <laughs> that was my big break, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. We all do that. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Gosh. Yeah, no, I'm from Lytham, uh, little town Lytham St Anne's yeah. on the sea. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious that um, I watched Traitor Season 2, absolutely. <gasps> Phenomenal. Oh my god, Phenomenal yeah, this was program. mental. Yeah, yeah so uh, we're all obsessed with traitors. Like, um, and yeah. watching it, and I think I like looked away and I heard this voice, and I was like, I fucking know that voice. <laughs> Whose voice is that? And I was like, Joey, it's Joey's voice. And then I looked, and it wasn't Joey, it was what's he with? Ross. Ross. Yeah. It was Ross, and I was like, Ross has Joey's voice. <laughs> so I text you, and I was like, this is going to be really random, but do you know that Ross has your voice? And you were like, no fucking way, he's literally from. Yeah, we're where from, I'm from the same place, and yeah. I went to school with. With yeah. his brother and his sister. And, and they used to Diane, do drama. Our Diane. Our Diane. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I and like I had to, I totally had not even realised because I think I'd watched like one episode at this yeah. at this point or like two. I was about to watch episode three was <gasps> when it re- was the big revelation. The big reveal. Uh, and uh, my sister had texted me. She's like, "You know who Ross and Diane are, by the yeah. way." And I was like, "No, who?" And she was like, "It's Michael and Lisa's brother slash mum." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Because I used to do drama with them. Oh my god! And, I, and nobody else noticed. Like even my friends. After I, I was like, "How the fuck did you?" 
me pick up so on it. So specifically pick up on like where we're it's from. It's like the same kind of flat. It's, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, a lovely, it's a lovely, lovely voice. Sure. But it's just quite like a specific Northern yeah, accent, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. Because oh, I never realised I even like had an accent until I came to London, obviously. Yeah. And everyone's like, hey, you're right, lad. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Oh my um, God. But how funny, yeah. So but funny. all my friends, they were like, what? I can't hear it at all. But I was like, no, it's mental that Caitlin yeah, yeah, spotted yeah. that. I really did, yeah. So well done. Hilarious. Thank you so much. Yeah, what what a great shout coach. out, traitors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, on a scale of shit to together, how are you feeling today? Oh, the big million dollar question. Yeah. Um, I think I think today I'm going to go like smack bang in the middle okay. with five. Why? Why? Because, um, I mean, I never really feel like I've got my shit okay. together anyway. So, so it's seven's probably, like high. Seven would be high, yeah. I would say, yeah. Um, and like the weather's kind of grim and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but on the flip side of it, I woke up feeling positive. (laughs) I went to the gym, (gasps) which is a new thing, but I like hell before you go, like the worst idea ever. No one wants to go. Mm -hmm. It's raining like horrendous, but then you do genuinely feel better after it. So I felt better. I then caught up with some like emails that I've been like really, (laughs) yeah, doing my admin, which I've been really avoiding, um, which made me feel better. And I get to hang out with you. Oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah. I found, because I'm similar, like, I have started going to, like, gym classes oh, this yeah, year. Have you? Nice. But it's it's because, like, it's, like, for structure. Yeah. Because I think otherwise I'll be like, yeah, I'll go to the gym and then it'll be, like, three hours into my day and I still haven't gone. Yeah. But, like, having to attend, maybe it's, like, the school child yes. in me is, like, having to attend the register. Absolutely. And I, and I, like, hate it, obviously. But then when I leave, I feel like I've achieved something with the day and, like, totally. mentally I've noticed such a shift. Yeah, and it's nice to have someone sort of, like, shouting at you, telling <laughs> yeah. you what to do. I love I don't that. even have to think. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, that's so good. Um, okay, on that then, what does having your shit together mean to you? Having your shit together to me, I think is probably just being like super secure and comfortable in yourself, mm-hmm. giving yourself like space to talk yeah, um, and not sort of be like, uh, do you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I've just done it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's people, fine, it's a five day. Yeah, it's, it's a five day, exactly. <laughs> but people who can really just like hold their space in, in yeah, like not yeah. in an arrogant way, not mm. in a the whole room has to be, but self assuredness, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and specifically, I have like one friend in my mind, Kate, that mm-hmm. I think of as like the idealistic okay. having your shit together person. Yeah. Just like very beautiful, very successful, mm-hmm. like always perfectly turned out. Um, like beautiful house, marriage, beautiful daughter, yeah. like a beautiful cat. Just tick, everything's tick, tick. beautiful yeah. and everything's great. And she's really someone that I always feel like every word that she says, everyone kind of hangs off. But it's so funny because speaking to her, she has a hang up of like speaking and maybe not so much anymore wow. but back in the day you used yeah. to very much be like find it really hard to articulate herself mm. so it's just funny people's perceptions of having your shit together yeah. I guess yeah. yeah so is that is that what you think it is then it's kind of like the balance of all of those things so feeling like you can take up space but then also dressing well and yeah I yeah. think yeah I think like taking care of yourself yeah. um and like cooking I think if people cooking. can cook yeah I think that that's having your shit together. Yeah. I'm like such a bad cook. And well, I can make breakfast. I'm really good at breakfast okay. slash brunch. <laughs> What's the breakfast? Well, I'm really good at making eggs, whichever, <laughs> however way you want. Okay. Yeah. And then bacon, if you're a meat eater. Yeah, yeah. And really nice bit of crispy bacon, some like vine tomatoes Ooh, on there. It's really the thinly sliced avocado mm. with some chili oil and cracked salt Gorgeous. and pepper. 
all of that going on and yeah I just I liked uh, like rocket and um, mm-hmm. all that health in there yeah so I feel like I like doing that but I hate you making just give dinner up, give up I just tea. I can't <laughs> yeah I honestly can't and I like I hate the act of cooking wow. I hate it stresses me out really one time so like during lockdown I was living at home mm. and so we were doing like hello fresh or yeah. one of those the things um, and I'd started to get into it. I was like, oh, this is good. It's like step by step telling me what to do. Yeah. And I felt like quite chill and whatever. Uh-huh. And then one of the recipes was like cooking duck, okay. frying like duck yeah. breasts, I, I guess. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I've never cooked before, right? And the instructions were literally just like, make sure the pan's really hot. And then like put, it was like, the, cook the duck really yeah. hot and then add water. That's all it said, add water. So I was like, sure, add water. And I added water to this like hot fat and it literally was like a firework exploded in the kitchen. It was like firing in my face, firing all of it. I was like screaming in the kitchen. My parents were running and like, what the hell's going on? And I was like, ah. And they were like, why would you ever add water to fat? And I was like, how am I supposed to know? So that kind of scarred me. That is chaos. Yeah, but we've just got an air fryer, very exciting. I'm hearing great things about air fryers. Honestly, like that might be a game changer for me. For me and my flatmate Shiv, he's worse than I am. Really? We love a delivery. We love a new breeze. That's fine. Um, yeah. But cooking, we're not so much. So now we've got the air fryer. It's, <gasps> maybe it's a game changer. Wow. What are you cooking in it? <laughs> uh, TBC. Fish and rice cake. Fish and- <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally chicken, vegetables and rice or salmon, wow, vegetables okay. and rice. Not nice. very exciting. Because nice. I, I went through a phase, like I tried the HelloFresh mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. but it stressed me out because... The, they send you like the vegetables and stuff like that, don't you? Mm-hmm. But my life was so sporadic yeah. that I felt like it was sat there judging me totally. because I didn't have the time to do it. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm so like on the go all the time that mm-hmm. actually carving out the time. And also when you're doing it for one, yeah, <laughs> like I know, so everything sad. goes off so quickly. <laughs> like honestly, and yeah, it used to stress me out and I'd feel judged by like that aubergine yeah. that had been sat there not used Absolutely. for like the week. I yeah. so agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's coming up to pancake day. Mm, yeah, it is. Yeah. What what's your what's your favorite style of a pancake? My favorite style is like an American pancake, it's like a, a little fat little one. Fatty. I love yeah. them so much because when we were kids, my dad would always make like the most amazing pancakes. But my <gasps> sister likes the thin ones, and I like the thin ones, yeah. uh, the thick ones. Yeah. And that's a, apparently that's you needed two different batters, so oh, he'd always make two okay. different batters for that's us cute. and do like a big stack of stuff, and we'd yeah. have like syrup and squirty cream and yeah. all what's going on the pancakes. Like yeah, always maple syrup, mm. squirty cream. I mean, I, I'm dairy intolerant, so I can't really have it anymore, <laughs> but once a year, you know. Um, some berries on there. I mean, yeah. I'm not like a lemon and a sugar person. Oh, I'm a lemon Are and a sugar you? person. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. But no, I think syrup and squirty cream. Oh, yeah. They're quite stunning, actually. Yeah. I like the activity, like pancakes I can get behind because you kind of want to fail a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the uglier the better. Kind yeah, of. yeah, 100%. And I, use, I like making them for my dogs. I can make them in a bone shape. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah come on. <laughs> Not to brag, but uh, <laughs> yeah. And we can't, make, little... can't make dinner, but can't make dogs. <laughs> exactly. That is like a, that is such a, um, what's the word? Uh, something about my life. Yeah. But they, symbol. Uh, they're such a symbol yeah. of my life. Yeah. But um, style over substance. Yeah. yeah. Very much. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, before the podcast, I asked you to think of an object that makes you feel like you've got your shit together. Yes. What's that? 
quite boring, okay. but it's my little pocket diary. Mm. Um, and this is only the second one I've ever had in my life. Wow, I've never okay. had like an organized calendar or diary or anything. Yeah. I always keep everything in my head. That's um, chaos. Which is chaos. <laughs> so chaotic. And like my head is already so loud anyway. Wow. That I always just, but like to me, that was just so normal yeah. to keep everything in my head. And yeah. I was like, why would I write everything down? I'll just remember it. Yeah. But now I've really found that I need like to put things down mm. or I will just forget it. And like yeah. even like going for like dinner with friends and stuff, I'm like, oh shit, I need to write I need that to in. like visually tangible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it makes me feel better about my like non-structured life <laughs> to like look and be like, oh great, I have oh, something great. to do I this have week. A cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's a big day this Thursday. Yeah, no, honestly, it's so pathetic. But like I was just on the phone to my friend Rose and uh, we were chatting and I was like, oh yeah, and it's Jordan's birthday on Sunday. And she was like, well, he's not text me. I've not heard anything. And I said, oh no, no, he's not doing anything. I'm just trying to fill up my diary and I'm just putting everyone's birthdays in. Um, which is quite tragic. But um I treated myself to like a really nice one, which oh, I did yeah. last year as well, because I'm like, if it if it's really nice, I'll want to Good use stationary. it. Stationary. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that is but so now it makes me feel like I've got my shit together because I think mm. it's quite a grown-up thing to have a diary yeah. to remember things to remember people's birthdays even like and yeah. to send a text and whatever on the day I yeah. think that's like really nice my mum always had a big um address book but it would always have everyone's anniversaries birthdays yeah. everything in. my mum had that yeah, yeah yeah really good and just mm. like a really nice uh way to be I think because yeah. it's like thoughtful of other people but it also helps yourself so yeah I think yeah that's cool that's mine um are you feeling more organized then um, I am, or is it like the I, illusion of organization? No, I think I think I am feeling more organized, yeah. definitely, and I like to like check things off as well. So also, mm. it will make me do things. So like in my little diary, um, I'll put like reply to this email, mm. sort this out, do this, and then it, if I look again, I'm like, oh no, I actually need to do this by the end of the day, and then I've achieved all of that. Yeah, which I think is quite nice. I like that. Mm. Um, okay, so obviously we know each other from mm -hmm. being on the TV show Outlander, yeah. which you have just done your first season, yeah. about to go back for your second. Yes. Um, and we actually haven't been on set together. No, we've not actually filmed all. together. I know. Yeah, we like completely missed each other. Yeah. Although you spotted me in the airport. Yes. <laughs> I know, which was so embarrassing because it was still at the time we were all wearing masks. Right, still. okay. And so at this point, even um, me and Izzy hadn't met. Right. Yeah. And so, I, but I knew that we were coming together because mm. it was like our first day the next day, I think. Yeah. And at the time we were both living in the same area. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm sure we'll be at the same airport, yeah. like whatever. And then I was convinced that this girl was Izzy. She had a mask <laughs> on, she had this like lovely long hair. And I was like, that's definitely, definitely yeah. Izzy. And I was like, is it too awkward to go up and say hi? Or is it more awkward to just ignore her? Yeah. And so like you're kind of looking at each other like over these masks and whatever. And so then I then I just thought I'm going to like follow her around. Oh my God. Boots or WH Smith or whatever for yeah. a little bit. And I was like really following this girl around, but like trying to be like sort of caught <laughs> off guard. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Hey, didn't realize it was you. And then um, this girl, as, as I got like gradually closer, like creeping More up confident. to this girl. Yeah. yeah. And I was about to introduce myself. She turned around and like fully stared at me in my oh face. And I realized it wasn't Izzy. And I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Jeez. Like, and I just didn't say anything and yeah, went and like yeah. sat down. 
And so I was like, I can't like move another muscle. I can't look at another person <laughs> in the eye. Like I hate myself. And then I saw you and I was like, that's definitely Caitlin. But like, we don't know each other and I'm not going to embarrass myself. And I just was like in a pool of self-loathing. So I just avoided <laughs> oh you. Oh my God, that's so funny. For context, Izzy plays your sister yes. in the show, right? Yes, so you does. guys were going to be working together. Yeah, totally. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And like a lot of our season seven, part one, mm bits were together it was like me and izzy and um john and charles which was so nice that was such a lovely Lovely little little like group to have yeah totally totally felt like that and it was such a shame that like you and paul were like at the beginning and then we missed you guys because that would have been so fun to all be together yeah but then we met for like the first time properly in paris didn't we yeah it's romantic (laughs) 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 but um And that that was like beautiful, and that's like an amazing part of this job, which I never expected was all the conventions and like the fan conventions and people inviting you out. And then we've also been in Kansas together. I mean, (laughs) traveling the world together. Um, But you've done quite a lot of you've you've worked quite a lot. But I imagine this is the first show that has had that aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. How have you found like coming into? the world of Outlander and like the machine of it and all yeah, of those things. Yeah, um, I mean, it was obviously like really intimidating, I think, yeah. at first um, because the fan base is so dedicated mm. and a lot of them have read the books before. Yeah. So they've already lived with these characters yeah. before you have. And they know them better than you. They know them way. better than you, yeah. of course, and they have a vision in their mind of what mm. they want for that character. Mm-hmm. So already you're like, almost set up to fail because you're like yeah. how can I ever achieve this this idealist idealistic yeah, yeah. version of this character yeah but then you have to kind of take autonomy on it and be like you know what this is my version of the character mm. I can do what my sort of truth is in yeah. this in this story and yeah. with my um peers or mm. what the thing that we're making together yeah. like the the tv and the tv show and the books do like differ a lot yeah so it kind of becomes its own thing yeah. and i think working with such amazing people i think mm. I, I i felt comfortable really quickly i think yeah. obviously the first day was kind of hell <laughs> because we would we were sat in our trailers for so long and like yeah. the luckily the night before Izzy and I did meet and we ended up nice. spending like hours together and got on yeah. so well and yeah. literally was like Which we each other so our whole much. life yeah. for sure. And then the next day we were in our trailers all day. Everything was being pushed behind. It was mm-hmm. getting later and later and later. Oh and then we get like a knock on our trailer door and it's Louisa who is our yeah. PR woman for Outlander. And she was like, hey, guys, sorry, this is um not a normal thing to do, yeah. but I don't think you're going to be used today. So can we do, like, your first bit of, like, BTS together oh my God, yeah. and just pretend that you've been filming? Uh-huh. And we were like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So then we're really thrown in the deep end and we have to, like, talk about all this stuff to do with Outlander and the people that we've met and stuff. And, like, oh I God, haven't met anyone met at this point. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, I love... I saw Caitlin in the apples. <laughs> yeah, I stalked Caitlin for a bit. Um, so... Uh, that was quite an intense sort of mm. first day, but then as soon as we actually met everybody, like John is the best oh at God, just, just putting everyone at ease. Under his yeah, wing. under yeah, his wing. Yeah. Katrina is amazing. Sam is amazing, yeah. and also Charles was new as well. So yeah. it was so nice to have Izzy and Charles. That new energy that totally. you all kind of brought into it, and it was like you felt it within the existing cast as well. That this, yeah. this like because I think kind of you were the biggest cohort of like series regulars that were coming in yeah, so yeah. late on in the show. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. And yeah. I think the, this season seven feels quite different to all the other seasons yeah. anyway, it's like storyline-wise as well. Mm. So it felt almost like a new sort of yeah. beginning of, of yeah. Outlander. So it felt, yeah, yeah it, was, it was intense at the beginning, but mm. um, it's been amazing, genuinely. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
Yeah. We're a family, but, yeah. no, but, it, but it really does <laughs> But I like think that. Sam and Katrina, I remember this from when I started, they set such a precedence of warmth and friendliness in a way that like and they have like no ego Mm -hmm. so no one can have more of an ego than them because they literally the only people who are entitled to an ego so therefore everyone has to be really lovely exactly and it is you just become so like welcomed into it oh yeah so welcomed into it and like they take it so seriously being like number one and number two and they really care about everyone and they care about the show which is like so amazing because i know like on other long-running shows, like, the stars of the show could become, like, complacent or yeah. sort of jaded even. And, yeah. But they're so not, I don't think. And yeah. and they've been really lovely. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved all all my scenes. I did more scenes with Katrina yeah. than I did with Sam. Um, but And so everyone that I had with Katrina, I was just like, standing so the hard. most <laughs> amazing woman in the world. <laughs> she does have that effect. Yeah, yeah I yeah. truly was like, I'm, yeah. I'm, like, joining the Katrina Bell <laughs> stand club <laughs> or just making my own. Um, but she, she's been amazing yeah. and Sam's been amazing and everyone is genuinely so nice, everyone yeah. on the show. And that's, like, when you were saying about the conventions, mm. getting to work with people that you wouldn't have had before. So, like, me and Izzy in particular were very starstruck by Mark Lewis-Jones. <gasps> Yep, yep, yep. So I was like, oh my God, he's so amazing. And then had the time of my life, like getting to know him. He's the sweetest, kindest, nicest man. And it was just so fun getting to know him. Yeah, downtime with people. It's kind of an equalizer because you're all in this like random new city and you're exploring it together. Mm -hmm. And then you're like held for hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In a a room with no windows. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, But like, I think we felt the same about like Gary Lewis, for example. Oh my God. Just absolutely obsessed with him. Like, um, yeah. Billy Elliot's dad yeah. which we'll get to yeah. um, but like and we were just going all a bit crazy but he was so good at keeping us entertained oh and then God. we like formed this the band, band. Oh God. it was band. like it was chaos <laughs> but he was he was hilarious it's like don't meet your heroes but only meet Gary Lewis yeah, like amazing please. yeah if um, you do let them be Gary Lewis yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and Tim Downey like, I haven't I met know. Tim oh but God. I know that what like, a dream I know. what a dream he's He's been on the podcast. Ants met him. I know. I'm so jealous. He's the best. I know. And that's what I hear from everyone. Just glowing reviews. Such a delight. Um, Yeah, so on Billy Elliot then. (laughs) Nice segue. (laughs) Nice segue, yeah. Thank you so much. So how did you get into acting? How did I get into acting? So I have always been very obsessed with my sister. I thought you were going to say, I've always been obsessed with myself. I've been obsessed with myself, darling. And I thought, how can I monetize this? this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, so I was always like obsessed with my sister. She's four years older than me and we've always been like super close. Yeah. And she just went to this like local jazz and drama group uh, called Rainbow Dance Studio. Stunning. Yeah. Uh, And so I wanted to go as well. Yeah. And you had to be seven to join. But mm. I was four at this time. And I was like demanding to go. And I always loved like putting on shows at home yeah. and like dancing around mm-hmm. and running around and getting dressed up and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So then my dad took me and they were like, no, sorry, he has to be seven. Like they just don't have the attention span. Yeah. And my dad was like, he will not leave us alone. He was like, can he come <laughs> for just one night so he can experience yeah. it? And then we'll be like, look, you had this one time, but you've got to wait till you're seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were kind of like, mm, fine, he can come for one night. Wow. And I just like loved it so much. <laughs> and I took it so seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and like was just so obsessed that when my they came to pick me up, uh, my mom and dad and the teacher was just like, he can stay forever. Like he just like loved it so much. And I was the only boy as well because like I think in the world of like dance especially yeah, and like up north age, at that age, yeah. like you know. Um, but I just loved it so much. And like even at primary school, my mom came. To, well, I think the first one actually is when I think I was like 
three, yeah. we had to do a water dance where we were all dressed up in like black cloaks <laughs> with like stars stuck on us and we had some crepe paper to like wave around as water. Um, wow. And then the parents had to come and watch and my mum came and sat with all the other mums and obviously all the other kids are like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And just sort of stumbling over their crepe paper and stuff. And I was there in the middle <laughs> and I was like whipping my arms around and had like this like dead stare of like, this is my moment. And my mom, all the other parents were like, wow, isn't he great? And my mum was pissing herself like, what the hell is he doing? So yeah, it's always just been something I've wanted yeah. to do. Um, and then, so I, I, I went to various like, amateur mm-hmm. clubs and stuff like that. I did a lot of musical theatre when yeah. I was a kid. And then my mate, Josh, was going to these open auditions for mm-hmm. Billy Elliot. Um, and he was like, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. I mean, sure. And I like, asked my parents and they were like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's in Manchester. It's quite far away. Like, <laughs> the big city. It's a big city, exactly. <laughs> um, and they were like, okay, you can go. But like, they're very, they were very good at even like at that age of sort of like grounding me mm. in a way of just like... <laughs> You're not really water. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? So I didn't really go for like any expectations that I'd get into the show. I just wanted to go and see what an audition was. Yeah. So I went there and I just loved it for some mm. weird reason. Like they made us do so much random stuff. Like we had to go across the room diagonally and do like <laughs> some random leap and just make it up and the bigger the better. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, done. <laughs> <laughs> and then like we had to do like bits of dance and bits of singing, bits yeah. of improvisation, bits of acting. And mm. I just kind of threw myself into it and then yeah. got into what was called Billy School, wow. which is, I think there was maybe like 12 of us at oh the time. I think like 10,000 people auditioned crazily. And this was the first iteration this of was, Billy Elliot. Yeah, yeah, so it, like it was, it hadn't gone on yet, but right. they were basically at, at this point, like, I hadn't even heard that it was going to be musical, mm. but at this point they were already looking for the next Billy and Michael, but wow. it hadn't started yet because kids, you're at that age where you grow up so quickly. Yeah. They kind of need to start churning them out. Oh my God. So, so I then went to this Billy school, which was like every Saturday in Leeds and bless my dad and, and my mom would drive me all the way to Leeds oh and God. wait from nine till six. And we'd be like an hour of tap, an hour of ballet, an hour of singing, an wow. hour of this, an hour of acrobatics, which I was Acrobatics. not good at. Bless me, oh trying God. to do like a Tumbles. backhand spring <laughs> or whatever. And some of the boys were so amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, then it got, I think we did that for like months and months and months. Yeah. And then it got to the point where we went to London for the final audition. Mm. And it was like Stephen Doldry was there and Jess Ronan and all these amazing people. Um, like Lee Hall, Pete Darling, yeah. uh, the whole creative team. And we spent a few days in London doing all the scenes. Because at that point, I was auditioning for Billy and Michael. Wow. Um, and then... What can't he do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and uh, they said, okay, come back in the room to do your Michael song mm-hmm. and just do whatever you want. There's no rules. Wow. So I was like, okay, you don't have to tell me <laughs> this. And I literally went wild and I jumped <gasps> upon their desk. I kicked all their papers off. Rock I like up. totally just went crazy. Yeah. And they were kind of laughing, but also I think a bit like, what Terrified. the fuck is this boy? And then I was, a bit, and then I finished it and came out and I was yeah. a bit like, oh my God, what the hell have I just done? Because I was like 12 at this time. Yeah. And then I went home and a couple of days later got the call to say, You're, you, we want to offer you the part oh my God. of Michael. So then I went and joined the show, uh-huh. meaning to be the next cast. But then James and Ashley, so the, the show had just opened. Yeah. Then James and Ashley... Uh, who were the original original Billy and Michael, uh, lost their voices and they started to break. And so me and Leon kind of got thrown on in the deep end with the original cast. 
And so, yeah, then I started with the original cast and did oh it for a year. God. And then my voice broke and I brutally then got cut. That's so devastating. I know, it really is. Yeah. It's like as soon as your voice breaks, you're out. There's no. But weren't you all like living this like high life in like London? Yeah. In this house of oh like God. child actors. <laughs> it sounds chaotic. No, okay. It sounds like something from Oliver Twist. Like... It was like Oliver Twist meets like fame. It was like crazy and like stories that I can't even repeat on oh this podcast. God. But we were, we were at of control and we were yeah. known as the naughtiest kids in the West End yeah. because we were all these just normal northern kids yeah. we weren't like Sylvia Young stage school yeah. kids we were all from the north no one had ever done anything like this we lived yeah. in this huge house in Ealing Broadway with a pool oh my god um, and we were just sort of running riot the whole yeah. time and like we all were in bunk beds in the same rooms in these in this massive house we uh-huh. got tutored uh, so we didn't really go to school we got like tutored mm. um, but like bless our tutor there's like 12 kids in there three girls and the rest are all boys they're all at different ages oh how God. the hell can you like control that control yeah. that um so that was kind of mental yeah but then also that we'd be like flown to nice for elton john's party on oh a private plane God. and then we'd go to his house for like sunday dinner which was That's like insane so it's like wild. what life are we yeah. living and i remember one of my friends we all went out to tk max one day very nice. which was very um treat very yourself. exciting treat yeah. yourself with all that yeah. money you know west end <laughs> baby and we all got designer sunglasses <laughs> Right. And he got a pair of Prada ones, which were like these big, like ski goggle ones. And we were leaving the stage door one night. And to be honest, that it was kind of in those days when it was quite crazy at stage door. They like the streets would be full of people wanting autographs and your photo and stuff. And you're like 12. You're like, sure. (laughs) And and he put these sunglasses on just before we're about to walk out. Bear in mind, it's like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, no, I need to. I'm basically the new Victoria Beckham. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was like, I mean, fair play. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So a wild. A that wild must have time. been so strange, though, from such a young age being held up quite highly and like such success. Yeah. And then when like something out of your control, like your voice breaking, did it feel like plummeting back down? I mean, it was really weird because I so in Billy, you mm-hmm. went, you'd always go home for like two or three days yeah. a month, mm-hmm. and you'd always go back to school. Yeah for like that one day and I honestly felt like a celebrity like I loved it so much everyone would like run up to you and you'd be crowds of people and you'd be like yeah yeah I'm just back from London just for the day and like I loved it so much with but, your glasses yeah with my father's ski goggles <laughs> um, and um, but my parents were always like this is incredible we're yeah. so proud of you but you also need to do your schoolwork, yeah. do your exams um and all of that so I yeah. always knew that I'd be coming back to school mm. I wasn't like I'm a star yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy just felt like some wild fun experience but even at that time it didn't feel like oh I'm gonna I, this is my career for the rest yeah, of my yeah, life yeah. it was a bit like I'm gonna do this then I'm gonna go back to normal life wow. which is exactly what I did yeah. and then I started doing bits of like tv and stuff yeah. and I'd like have to leave school for a bit to do a yeah. bit of filming which I thought was quite cool yeah. as well but my parents were always like still come back and you've got to get your GCSEs you've got to get your A-levels so I was always like very grounded and my friends and my family have always been like very like grounding and very normal Mm. so even though my life was quite chaotic at that time and quite hard for a child to process as well like people filming you all the time and taking your photo and wanting autographs and stuff to then suddenly nothing yeah it's a bit like mental but I remember being not bothered being excited to go back to school and hang out with my friends again for a bit yeah because yeah. you've had quite a unique experience really in terms of like you were a child actor but then you also went to drama school mm-hmm. and so you've kind of come out the other side of that as well because like someone like john for example or mm-hmm. izzy yeah. who were like child actors and that's a very unique experience in terms of your relationship with the industry i think 
you have to grow up quite quickly. But yeah, you're also sure. kind of, you see it through a different lens, I think. Whereas drama school, I think, brings a different awareness of the industry. Yeah. Because it's quite brutal. Yeah. Um, how was that, like, that relationship between the two things? Yeah, it was, I mean, quite tricky. I mean, because I... So after Billy, I then started doing a bit bits of TV mm. and stuff, and then I did a film, yeah, and which I loved. I mean, it's not a great film, but <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, and there were some yeah. amazing actors in there. Yeah. And I remember talking to them at the time, mm. being like, "Oh, I don't know what to do. Like, should I go to yeah. drama school?" And a lot of their advice was like, "Oh, if you're working now, you just carry it. on, yeah. just kind of go for it." So we, I kind of had in my mind that like, "Oh, I'm not going to go to drama right. school. I'm just going to carry on and be mm. a star." <laughs> um, <laughs> Richard, spoiler, didn't happen. (laughs) Um, And uh, it was only when I went back to sixth form, my amazing drama teachers there, especially Miss Dearden, she has always been like so supportive of me from being like in year seven. Mm. Um, She was like, I really think you'd benefit from going to drama school. Like you'd learn so much about text and like Shakespeare and plays and like all the stuff that I had had Mm. no knowledge of because I'd gone from musicals to screen and totally like missed like theatre yeah. and plays and the only knowledge I had of Shakespeare was in English yeah. which was just just boring. ruined it completely yeah yeah, yeah 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 and I was like I hate Shakespeare it's so yeah. boring whatever so then I was like oh I'll audition and I'll go to drama school and I weirdly like enjoyed auditioning mm. for drama school um and I kind of just had a confidence that I would get in not like a cockiness or an arrogance but like just a confidence that I would kind of get in and so when I did get in and um I was like decided I'd go to Guildhall the night before I just completely changed my mind and I was like I'm not going I'm absolutely not going I don't want to go it's going to be full of dickheads like they're all going to be like twats I don't they're not on my like vibe I was like I like my life as it is I like my friends I don't want my life to change I specifically said remember saying I don't want my life to change and my parents were like look you do want to go and listed all these reasons of why it was beneficial and stuff like that so then I did go and I think for the first like three months I didn't really like click with it Mm. and I was very much sort of like faking enjoying my time like with with everyone like I remember being at like a flat party and everyone was like having a time of their lives and we were all like going crazy in this like in this kitchen and I remember in my head thinking these aren't my friends I just want my friends Um, and then it's something I don't know what happened but after sort of like Christmas Mm. something just totally changed and Mm. I loved it so much and those people now are like my best friends ever from the year and we're all still really close Mm. and so I took drama school as 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 a different thing I think I I saw it more about like me growing as a person yeah rather than like using all these tools and stuff which maybe is a good thing or a bad Mm. thing I I don't know maybe I should have like taken on more of what was being said to me but I needed the drama school experience for a different thing I think um I needed that uni experience I needed to also grow my like horizons as a person Mm. because I think as much as I loved my life before it was very small I did live in this little tiny town and and was quite sort of sheltered Mm. and so going to London and learning all this new stuff was was amazing so I'm really grateful that I did go to drama school that's amazing um but I don't what I think it didn't really prepare us for is for being like out of work Mm. and for being like a jobbing actor yeah I think 
subconsciously or consciously they kind of put into your head that like everyone that comes to this drama school is a star like look yeah. at the people that have been before and yeah. they get the only people that they get back to talk to you are, are like ones. you and mcgregor yeah. and all these like yeah. huge stars yeah. so of course you're like well that's going to be me yeah and then you leave and it's not you and i think that's when people really struggle yeah. yeah yeah i always remember i think i've said it a few times on this podcast but like the best advice someone gave to me was being an actor isn't about when you're in work it's about how you are when you're out of work totally. and being able to maintain the mental yeah. stability to keep pursuing it really yeah. a time in your life where you felt like you really had your shit together <laughs> <laughs> um mm. Never really, but I um, I think specifically quite recently is is when we were in New York for the premiere mm-hmm. of um, Outlander season yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Um, that just felt like a really special time, yeah. and it felt like like everything kind of had fallen into place yeah. in the, at the right time and in the right yeah. way. I think we'd literally just finished filming season seven part two. Mm-hmm. And then we were fresh into sort of doing press for this. I'd, I'd done a few sort of like photo shoots and like interviews and all of that, which felt like very fun, like yeah. quite scary and intimidating. But yeah. after you've done one, it's like, oh, this is kind of yeah. fun and cool. Um, and then we got like flown business class, which was very Amazing. fancy. And I'd never done that yeah. before. Um, and it was just really fun to be in. Like, I love New York anyway. Mm. It's like one of my favorite places. And so to be there with all... Like New guys. York wanted you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like for like exactly yeah. and going there for work. It's like yeah, when when does that so ever happen? Cool. And like we got to work with like stylists and yeah. stuff. So like everything was like I felt like I had my shit together because like every single day I had a real structure. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what time I was up, what I was doing, mm-hmm. um, what I was wearing. Like yeah. didn't have to think about what I was wearing because wow. it was already planned out. Amazing. Someone to do your hair. <gasps> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. everything was just taking care of you, like yeah. cars to wherever we were yeah, going, yeah. a full day of press jump kits. So you just felt you were constantly busy and it felt like a whirlwind, but like a really exciting whirlwind. And it felt like, I don't know, like I I just felt quite proud of Mm. myself in in that week. Yeah. Um, And proud for like my family as well, because it was just a nice thing for them to be able to watch as well. So I think that time I really felt like, oh, yeah, I actually Mm. I think I do. I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Maybe. And I guess I guess in a way, in comparison to like when you were a kid and you were just kind of, I don't know, not that you accidentally ended up in it. But like maybe you weren't as present with it. Oh, Whereas totally. like you can value it more because you've had time out of work. Absolutely. So therefore when you're having situations like this, you're like, oh my God, like this thing that I've worked for and I know the cost of it when you're not in it as well. Yes, you know? yeah. And I think, you know, the being an actor, there's mm. so many times that are shit. So you really yeah. have to celebrate the good times. Yeah. Um and sell and I'm like a really big advocate of like celebrating your friends' achievements mm. as well. Like mm-hmm. someone else's success isn't your failure. Yeah. Um and so I think whenever there's a moment that you can celebrate something in this industry because it is so yeah. hard, yeah. I think you absolutely should. And mm. like you said, as a kid, I didn't really take it on. It was it was more I was just having fun. I wasn't mm-hmm. like I didn't need to make money. I didn't yeah. need to like build my career yeah and even to like the point of auditions i wouldn't i would never work on an audition i wouldn't yeah. even learn my lines like yeah. how the hell i got any part as a kid <laughs> i don't know um but like yeah so you're so right yeah. that because it, it's cost you so much to get mm-hmm. there you appreciate mm-hmm. it more yeah. i think did you return to tk max for another <laughs> <laughs> celebratory pair of yeah i treated myself to a pair okay in opposition to that then a time in your life where you definitely didn't have your shit together um well, 
I think literally for like the whole of my 20s, okay. I just feel like I was kind of a, a mess, not like fully a mess, but mm. like definitely had times, but a very specific time. I just left drama school mm-hmm. and um, me and my mate Theo moved into like a living guardian scheme. Like, wow. do you know what that yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. So it's like when there's a property yeah. that's empty and they need people to live there so that it doesn't get like squatted exactly in? that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is yeah so they're like <laughs> so they're and they're usually being waited they're usually waiting to be turned into like flats right um so you don't know how long you're going to be in there but it's cheaper rent isn't it so it's cheaper it's, like it's not like crazy it. cheap yeah. but it is cheaper and you get to live in like zone one yeah. so that's great but they're like old police stations or old yeah. office buildings or whatever yeah. So me and him, we were living in Angel Mm -hmm. and our rooms were, it was an old office building. So we had a a glass partition in between our (laughs) bedrooms. We had mattresses on the floor. Oh my God. Uh, And these are like makeshift places. Like the kitchen was hell. Like you're sharing with like 16 people. No one cleans it. No one takes ownership for like spilled shit in the fridge. That sounds awful. Awful. You don't have a proper cooker. It's like a tabletop thing with like two electric hob things that don't really heat up there's no real heating in the building and then the the bathrooms are like some janky old horrible disgusting toilet which again nobody cleans Uh, and then like a freezing like shower that looks like it's about to collapse oh my god so we were living there and then we moved we were there for a few months and then you literally will get like a text being like oh uh, the, the building's been sold you need to move out like tomorrow and you're like for fuck's sake yeah and then you have to go and find another one of these places, uh-huh. but they don't find it for you. You have to show up on the day and that you there's a huge crowd of people outside oh and, you, and they basically open the front door and you race in and you run around the building and you come down with a floor plan and you say, I want this one. And you like, Seriously? yours, oh yours, God. yours, yours. And then, it, but there might be like 50 people in like 10 rooms. Jeez. And you're all, it's like the Hunger Games, you're like fighting for these rooms. I mean, that's like trying to rent in London anyway, yeah. but like on crack. <laughs> yeah, literally mad. on crack. Yeah, and yeah, a lot yeah. of people we live with, I think, were on crack. <laughs> um, and then, the, but the worst bit was when we yeah. moved to Dalston. So like Dalston is like fun area, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. in your early 20s. Yeah. And like, I loved it. I like went out a lot and stuff. Yeah. But we lived with this guy called Jack, who we called the king of the scraps because he like collected all of these scraps that we lived with and they just were obsessed with him he was like a cult leader oh my god and he was the worst he was like this posh boy that was like a hippie and he used to like cook ketamine on the hob yeah oh, in the morning when sorry you're trying breaking to make... bad yeah no literally <laughs> while you're trying to make your breakfast and like he was just so unsavory and he would have like crazy oh parties god. all the time uh and so that was like just a real low point yeah. living in that in that place yeah having nothing of your own nothing is clean oh my god like, just so many random people living everywhere i kind of was going through like a weird like relationship thing yeah. as well i think i was like in between jobs and was doing like kids parties wow. and just like literally like wow. dressing as spider-man and one time this like gang of like 30 year old not 30 year old <laughs> Gang of 35 year old, like 35 Five year old <laughs> boys ripped my costume no. off me. And I just had these little boxes on oh underneath. And I was being like dragged across the carpet by this like team of horrible little boys. And I was like, this is really a low point, oh actually. My God. Um, yeah. So, and I just felt like things just like weren't working wow. out career wise, relationship wise. Oh my just God. Just my home life was a mess because yeah. I was living in this like squat essentially. 
Kind of um, sounds like the Billy house, but if, like, <laughs> all the Billies have, like, failed acting careers yeah. and, like, <laughs> turned to cutting ketamine. No, honestly. I mean, that would be quite a good series. <laughs> less, less pool parties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's just hell, isn't it? It was hell. Wow. But yeah. quite fun looking back. Yeah. But when you're in it, hell. Great stories. Yeah. It sounds like the artist's life in London totally. to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, down and out. Down and out. It was. I was down and I was out, honestly, yeah. Okay. Three things that make you feel like shit. Um, so the first one I'd say is sleeping. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I quite famously have insomnia. Uh-huh. And I've had it for a few years now, but it's just, I've tried everything. Yeah, you really have. I really yeah. have. Like every sort of herbal thing, every breathing <sighs> app, every calm meditation oh every like sleeping pill prescribed or yeah. otherwise <laughs> <laughs> alternative, uh, alternative methods. Methods. you know what I mean and and just nothing kind of works yeah. and it's not even like I'm sat there worrying about anything it's yeah. like the only way I can describe it is like someone's left like the radio on in my head and it's just like noise or a song round and round yeah. or I I struggle with sleep as well yeah. like I think we've both been walking around the halls of various hotels <laughs> yeah. missing each other at nights haven't we yeah um it's the worst thing ever yeah. like because it affects your mental health as well it totally. affects how like you if you know if someone says something to you if you've not slept very well then you can take it really personally oh or just like absolutely. it you just feel so unresilient don't you yeah and then especially if you're working as yeah. well like and you, and have you to put be more up pressure at, like, on yourself totally because yeah. like some people will, might not sleep the night before a big scene or whatever yeah. but that's fine because they'll catch up on their sleep yeah, but yeah. i feel like if you can never catch on your sleep yeah. it's just horrendous and so if you're up at half four in the morning you feel like shit you look yeah. like shit you're about to be on camera all day yeah. And it's just, it's horrible. And I don't really know how to, to break it. And I almost get like anxiety getting thinking into bed about now. Sleep now. Yeah, yeah. thinking about sleep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's difficult as well, isn't it? Because you say it to people. I'm so bored when I hear myself say that I'm tired. Yeah. Because it's like, ugh. But, but you say it to people and people are like, oh, you should try this. Yeah. You should do this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I tr- I've tried that. I have tried that. Like, I think my dad said, like, you should get out get out of bed because mm-hmm. the more that you lie there, the more you stress yeah, yourself yeah. out. So, like, yeah. get out of bed and, like, do some, like, boring maths or, like tidy your room Mm -hmm. and then I end up like having a very tidy room yeah (laughs) (laughs) but I'm still awake absolutely yeah absolutely the same and like try meditation apps and all these things and it is really frustrating yeah and I'm so jealous of people that can just like drop off yeah and I think we've spoken about it before where it's like you almost forget how to do that moment like my body can be so tired yeah and I can be lying there and I'm like god I'm just so tired but it's like you forget how to like drop yes exactly into the sleep state exactly it's so frustrating yeah I'm gonna say my appearance okay which I know might sound like superficial and like a bit pathetic Mm -mm. but I think I don't, I wish it didn't have such a like a hold over me and like a power over my mm-hmm. mood, but it just does. Like I know everyone has days where they feel like not their best, mm-hmm. not great, and like their skin might be bad one day or like whatever. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I feel like when that happens to me, it's like I it's all I can focus on, um, uh, and it almost I find it like debilitating. Like I feel like I don't want to leave the house. I feel like I can't make eye contact mm-hmm. with anyone, um, and I really like and like. It might not even be something that's noticeable to someone else, you know what I mean? But I think I, like, hone in on, like, any little thing that I can and sort of, like, pick myself apart. I I don't know why. Um, And, like, it's... I think it's, like, exacerbated as well if you're in a job or if you're doing something where you see your face all the time. It's like you'll be sat in the makeup trailer and, like, I would have to sit there for, like, nearly an hour because they'd curl my hair. (laughs) 
And it would take so long yeah. to curl all this hair. And I'd just be sat, you like, staring in, at my face, you? zooming in at, like, whatever I could. Mm. And knowing that you were about to be on camera all day. Yeah. And sometimes, like, say I, like, had, like, bad skin or whatever that yeah. day. That's all I could think about yeah. to the point where I'm, like... It was like overriding the scene even because I was just like, oh God, I know that I've got like a spot here and it's going to be like on camera, camera, which sounds so pathetic, but I don't know why. It just is something that like makes you, makes me feel like such shit and like really kind of like worthless. And like, even like when you're like doing the conventions, for instance, are amazing, but you're often like very, very tired. And getting photoed and all, the all time. day is yeah. just photos and yeah. then and then you get tagged and like yeah. there's just reams and reams and reams of your face where you mm. might have not felt your best no. and then it makes you feel like bad again oh and they're God. kind of just out there forever yeah. and it's just like this horrible cycle of like, <laughs> like yeah shit. it's such a weird thing isn't it is that something that you've kind of always felt or do you think it's been exacerbated by certain things um yeah i think maybe when i was a kid i didn't really care yeah. as much but i think as i got older maybe yeah because and maybe it comes into the fact of like really wanting people's approval Mm. and um caring about other people's opinions and finding yourself in another person's opinion yeah um maybe but like also it's like very i don't know yeah i don't really know i can imagine it's tied up with like a lot of things like specifically this industry for example yeah so much of our worth is in how we look and you know said it a few times but like when you feel so out of control with everything else like the one thing that you can control is like how you look and like whether you're good looking or not stuff like that you can't necessarily control whether you're good looking or not but you can (laughs) you can do you can take steps towards like good skincare and stuff like this or or like getting your head on a certain way or like losing weight and everything Mm -hmm. like that um and i wonder if there's a part of it that is like that that projection onto us as actors where you're very aware that like your worth comes in how you look as well And therefore, if you feel like you're not on top of that, then it might let you down. And there's like there's a cost to when you're not looking good because you might lose out on a job or you might totally be met with other people's opinions of not meeting their standard of what an actor should look like or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think as well, say you're getting like rejected Mm. from auditions or whatever and the feedback is something like oh you were great but we just went another way yeah you're then like well what was the other way is it because of this is it because of that and you pull yourself apart i think and then you really judge yourself against other people like maybe i should look like this or i should look like that um yeah and maybe then i'll be successful and maybe then i'll be happy and do you know what i mean yeah 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 okay one more thing probably not having a structure Mm -hmm. in my life and it's ridiculous because this year in September will be like 10 years since I left drama school. Yeah. So you'd think <laughs> I'd know. Be used to it. I'd be used to yeah. it or at least know how to yeah. deal with that and, and change Have things. Have created some structure for Have myself. Have created some structure <laughs> for myself. And I just, I, I, I don't know how to do it. And I wish that I did. And I mm. try to, I to so like. I love reading and yeah. I, I and I feel like that is a good use of time to read mm. more. But then again, if you've just spent all day reading I'm a bit, and then it starts to like go dark outside <laughs> and you haven't moved, you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, so I think it's really tricky. Like yeah. when you don't have a structure in your life, it can turns in. It makes everything turn in on yourself. Yeah. And be like, I'm failing at this, I'm failing at that. Why don't I have this? Why don't I have that? So, like, that's probably harking back to, like, my idea of having your shit together as someone that has a structured life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And I think it's, I think I need to find my own way because I think as much as people can tell you to do something, you need to do it for yourself. Yeah. And I need to find my own way of like creating a structure. But then I, but, I, but it's so hard when you're an actor yeah. because you can't really practice like acting by yourself in your room. No. And then it's like, oh, well, then you should be writing. And it's like, well, that's nice. Why? And very, <laughs> yeah. Like, and give me an idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. and then you, and then now I feel yeah. like a failure because I'm not writing yeah, and I don't exactly. have good ideas and exactly. all of this. Like, yeah. I would love to be the next Michaela Cole. I think yeah. she's phenomenal, but she was always an amazing yeah. writer. Before, she, she was writing before she was acting. Mm. Um, and so then, yeah, I think I put all of that on top of myself. Yeah. And, I think it's difficult. Like I live with um, one of my best mates, Shiv, and he is like such a go-getter, so productive, always mm. doing a million things. And he is in a job. I mean, he's he's creative as well. He's a director, but his job, he, he's like the resident director of Hamilton. Mm. So that is, he has a structure he's with that. He's been given a structure. He's been given yeah. a structure with that. So like he's going out every single day and like yeah. it's draining and it's really hard work, but he goes to work every day yeah. and he does this and he does that and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. So then when you are when you have that as well, you're a bit like... Ugh. You're having to be your own, like, boss and decision maker and all those things. Yeah. And it takes a lot of energy. And, you know, if you're not feeling mentally in a good place, to add that onto the stuff that you have to do can be really overwhelming. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've really found that. That's why I, I have to, like, like gym classes have helped yeah. or, like, volunteering helps and yeah, stuff like that's that. Because so it's it's having something that you have to, like, report to. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it kind of feels like it's out of your hands a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, Ant. Hey. You do a great job in editing this podcast, might I say. If people like the podcast, what do they need to do? Like it. What else? Follow it on social media. And then what? They could share it with every single person they know. Thanks, Ant. You can go back to your corner now. Bye. Okay, three things that make you feel like the shit. Three things that make me feel like the shit. I think the first one is probably like clothes, like mm-hmm. fashion. Yeah. Like I just, I You're love... You're a fashionista. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I just, I love clothes and yeah. I always have, like even mm. being a kid, like I just, I just... Why do you think that is? Is it like... Dressing up and like it's almost like different characters. Or, yeah, and yeah. it's almost like it's just like a way of like expressing mm. yourself, but also maybe if we really want to like delve into it, which we do, which we do, <laughs> um, maybe it is kind of like an armor yeah. thing as yeah. well, and that like if people are looking at your clothes, they might like not like look at other stuff or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, but also I I do think it's like a part of my personality, and mm. I think maybe that goes back to my idea of having your shit together being yeah. well presented. Yeah, I want to at least because it's also about having control as well. Yeah. I'm yeah. if you're having control over oh at least I've like feel good in what yeah. I'm wearing yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and like I quite like like putting outfits together and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and like I love like the, for the photo shoots and stuff, mm. being able to work with a stylist and pick this and that. Yeah. Like I find that really fun. Yeah. Some people it would be the idea of hell yeah. and find it really overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just really like it. And I think if if I'm wearing something that I love and I feel good mm. in, then I'm a bit like yeah, yeah. I feel I you feel kind good of meet today. the outfit. Like, yes, confidence wise. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, it elevates your yeah. confidence definitely. Yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah. two more things. Another thing that makes me feel like the shit. Um, I think <laughs> this is such a lame one. Go on. <laughs> As, I, so I'm going to say compliments. Okay. <laughs> okay, Joey, we think you dress really nicely. <laughs> no, and I've just made like a horrible hole for myself because I have like a real like paradoxical relationship with compliments. Okay. 
I feel, oh God, I feel myself like going so red, I can't breathe, I feel sick. Um, so basically, I feel like I do kind of really crave and need like a compliment. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I get one, it, like, can't take it. I cannot take it. Yeah. It makes me feel ill. Isn't that I weird? Just, yeah, and we I all, reject I think it. so many people are like that. I think yeah. that's like British culture. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. We're like needy little fuckers. Yes. But, but then, then we're it's... like, no, 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 yeah, not me. Like, no, no, not me, please. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, weird, I can't, I can't take it. I yeah. hate it. I want it to stop. And I also then I'm like, I don't really believe you. But then I'm like still desperately <laughs> seeking that approval. What is that? I don't know what that is. I know. I think that's common though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I hope I hope so. But I also don't hope so because it's shit to feel like that. But I wonder if it's like um, lack of <laughs> yeah, no, come on, you. come on, let's go no, there. No, I'm thinking about it in myself. Like whenever I felt like that, it's like almost like a lack of self worth mm-hmm. that you're seeking validation because you want someone to tell you that you're good enough to be there or whatever and then but because you're so your narrative of yourself you're so used to feeling not good enough that Mm -hmm. then when someone tells you that you are you're like well you've got to be lying yes like yes exactly why are you lying to me exactly that and i think as well if you've if you've got a compliment for something so let's say acting for example so like with outlander Mm. every block usually will get like a new director yeah Um, they might come back like later on and do a few episodes Mm -hmm. or whatever but um, the way it works usually is that you'll get like a new director every like two episodes ish Mm -hmm. so you might have had one director that's like you've really like gelled with really worked well with and they've said something like really nice about like a scene that you've done and you're like oh thank god like like, (laughs) that's made me feel great Uh and then if you don't get that You are then like, oh my God, what am I doing? They hate me. I'm shit. Like, I don't deserve to be here. And you start to spiral, I think. And it's so ridiculous. The lack of it. The lack of it, yeah. yeah. And then then you start thinking about that one compliment you did get. And then all the other times you didn't get one and why you didn't. And so, yeah, very weird. Overanalyze everything. Overanalyze everything. But I do think it is nice to get a compliment and to give compliments mm. i like i do think if you think someone looks nice you should tell yeah. them if you think someone's great you should tell yeah. them um yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> okay one more thing makes you feel like this shit mm-hmm. uh music i okay. think which is quite a general one but yeah. i think music is a great way to sort of just like help your mood anyway mm. like if you are feeling shit and you want to put some like fun music to just like up your mood and like dance around the kitchen and have mm. a great time then that really works. But also if you want to like really lean into that yeah, and yeah, put yeah. on some like sad music or whatever uh-huh. and really like cry it out, yeah. I think that is really... It's like underscoring your life, isn't yeah. it? Like, life is a movie. <laughs> life is always a movie, yeah. Absolutely that. Yeah. And I think one of my favourite things is being like with my friends, mm. dancing, like just yeah. crazy wild dancing yeah. to music. Yeah. And that really makes me feel like the shit because I feel... Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, really free, really happy, yeah. and, yeah. 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 One of, like, my favourite memories with you was, like, in Paris when we went to that karaoke oh place. Oh, iconic. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, someone was singing Mulan in French or something, yeah. and I didn't know it. And yeah. you and John, and, and who Will, else was it? And Will. Will were all, like, screaming it at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? This is so intense. <laughs> I know, because also, because I have, like, a horrible relationship with karaoke. I yeah. kind of, like, I'm scared of karaoke. Because no. I love singing but I feel like pressure to sing in karaoke. Uh, is um, it because you're a good singer? Well, because like, <laughs> I think karaoke is for the people who can't really sing, so it's like their opportunity to, to be just rock let stars. go. Yeah, but I think if you're a good singer, then there's probably a pressure to like sound good. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and then I, and then that stresses me out. Yeah, so I'd rather yeah. just not like partake. Yeah. 
So when I heard that we were going to a karaoke bar, I was a bit like, oh my God, no. <laughs> and then we went, like cut to me, screaming <laughs> at the top of my lungs in your face, like violently singing Mulan. And I was just having the time of my life. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. yeah. And then we met that magician, that French oh my magician. Oh God, wild. You like designed magic tricks or something like yeah, that. That I was still such a great evening. I don't know how that works. Yeah, that was an incredible yeah. evening, actually. Still, he still follows me on Instagram. I think he got married. Good oh. for him. <laughs> <laughs> he really missed your chance no. with the magician <laughs> okay um something that makes you lose your shit in a positive and a negative way so in a positive way mm-hmm. i think uh just talented people cool. i just i'm always just in such awe of mm. talented people whether mm. that's like acting or musicians yeah singers writers mm. like even when i'm reading a book i like blows my mind like that people can create a world yeah. like that and articulate in a way that i feel like i couldn't yeah. do and i'm just like whoa this is incredible yeah and that kind of makes me lose my shit and like even and like when your friends are talented i love so much like so when i got to see you <laughs> In Kansas, genuinely do a bit of spoken word. I was honestly like, I was like losing my shit to the point where I was crying, literally sat next to you in front of a crowd of of, of fans. And I was like, I can't be crying. Like, I'm making (laughs) this like about me. But I was just like, I really lost my shit because I was like, you are just so talented. That's so sweet. And so amazing. But I so. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> no, but I so mean it, and I felt like because at, at, at that time, yeah, I was kind of going through like a bit of like a rough yeah. kind of patch, and it really felt like you were speaking to me <laughs> and you'd written about me, which is a testament to your talent because oh, I'm sure everyone probably yeah. felt like that. Um, and so yeah, I just love it when oh, I'm around so talented sweet. people, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, and something that makes you lose your shit in a negative way, um. People that are rude, like I just can't stand rude Mm -hmm. people or people that are just mean for like the sake of it. And I know everyone's got shit going on in their lives, but I'm just like, what is your problem? Like, for instance, like, I don't know why this is a generalization, but I found often like the receptionists at adopters (laughs) are always so mean and so rude. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get an appointment. I think it's like, it's like power, isn't it? It's like a taste of power. Yeah, I think so. And they're the gatekeepers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that weird, like, little power trip happens all the time. Mm. Like, ticket people on the trains yeah. and stuff. And, like, not all of them, obviously, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. sometimes you can just get people that are just in a bad mood. They want mm. to be rude to you. Yeah. And, like, people in the street that will, like, barge past you or mm. something. Like, my initial reaction is always to, like smile and be like oh don't worry <laughs> but then if they turn around and like look as though it was my yeah. fault i would like change oh Im- instantly God. because i'm like don't fucking be rude to me I, angry. no i know i'm never really angry but if i am you don't want to see me angry <laughs> um, but if i feel angry then yeah. i used to be really confrontational i'm not anymore wow. i used to quite like it i used yeah. to quite like sparring with someone wow. and be and like if i knew that i was right I didn't like the injustice yes. of... Yeah. of, of um, I wonder if that's like a northern thing, because I'm the same. Like, yeah. injustice really boils my blood. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. I th- yeah. So I think, yeah, that's that's another thing that, that makes me lose my shit injustice. I always find it mad about, like, because you're so right, like, doctors and receptionists and stuff like that. And I'm like, surely this is where you should be the most kind. Yeah. Because people's health anxiety oh my God. is, like, wild. Totally. So if someone's phoning you up and they think that they've got something wrong with them, yeah. and then they're being met with, like, <laughs> sassy Karen at the desk... <laughs> 
mad, isn't it? It's so mad. Yeah. And the dentist as well. Maybe just mm. specifically like the one that I go to, but the yeah. dentists I think are even worse. Wow. Because there's one lovely person at the doctors yeah. and I always pray to, to get her. God, it's like good cop, yeah. bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Which one are you going to get? Yeah. But yeah, that, is, that really annoys me. Yeah. moment that you found some shit out about yourself um this is like such an interesting question and mm. I, I found it quite difficult at first yeah I was thinking about it and I'm gonna choose like it's not a fully like concrete answer mm-hmm. but basically for my 30th right. um one of my best friends Becky mm-hmm. who's like such an important person in my life she um made a video for me and she got like every special person in my life so all my friends all my family people that I'd worked with like old teachers literally like so many people yeah um to like say a message and say sort of how they felt about me Mm -hmm. and it took her so long and obviously like you know what everyone's like like you get a message like oh can you record a thing you're like yeah sure no one ever does it yeah yeah, and she chased up and made sure she got every single person so sweet and I mean, I was I was probably quite like fragile anyway because it was the morning after my thirtieth birthday, <laughs> and Becky had stayed over, and mm-hmm. we, me and her, like went and crawled into Shiv's bed, mm. and he got his laptop out, and Becky was like, "I want to show you this oh, video," and it was God. honestly, it's like honestly like nearly two hours long. Wow. It's like a movie, it's like so an hour loved. and a half. I think. I don't, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just people going on a lot. Um, but it was like so long that she had to put it in like two different files. Oh, wow. It was like a part one and part two. <laughs> And I just couldn't stop crying. Oh I was God. so overwhelmed. Yeah. I guess that comes down to, again, feeling like you're like not worthy almost. Mm. And like, I, I, I feel like I can never watch it again because yeah. I just, I, it, was, it was overwhelmingly nice and lovely yeah. to hear what people thought about you and how yeah. they feel about you is so lovely and so overwhelming. And it felt like, yeah, it was like an experience that I don't know if I can go through again because I feel like... I'm not ready to to hear yeah. that again in a weird way. Yeah. But it was like, not to be too morbid, but it was almost a bit like a, a funeral. funeral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah. So funny, because I had this conversation the other night with, um, I met this Swedish person. Yeah. And we were talking about podcasts and he was talking about this huge one in Sweden. I can't remember what it's called, mm-hmm. but he was saying the reason that it's so good is because it's just these two guys, I think one of them's a writer and one of them's something else, and they talk about um, each episode, it's it's unstructured, it's various different things, but it's been going on for years and it's massive. Mm-hmm. But one of them decided that for this episode, he was going to, um, he'd basically interviewed his friends, all of his friends, um, friends and family members, mm-hmm. and basically been like, imagine he's died oh and passed God. away like what would you have to say about this person yeah and so it was all of these like but it, the way that he'd done it like these people were fully invested and like oh as God. they were talking they were like crying talking about their friend and stuff like <gasps> this and he played it for him and apparently it's just like the most beautiful thing to listen yeah. to and like everyone in sweden <laughs> was talking about it apparently but he was like it, because it's that thing it's that thing of like you don't often get to hear how people feel about Absolutely. you and then some it's that classic thing of like make sure you give people their flowers whilst they're alive because yeah. 
so so often people will come out of the woodwork to say brilliant things about you once you've passed away. Yes. And this is why he did it. He was like, I want you to know how loved you are. Yeah. I think it was for his birthday or something yeah. like that. Morbid as fuck. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it sounds like a similar thing. Very, like, yeah, very, very intense. And exactly what you're saying, like yeah. give people their flowers while they're still alive. Yeah. I, and it's it really it really just reminded me that like as much as we think about other people yeah. in our minds, like we don't often say it. Yeah. And I'm like, but how do you not know that I think yeah. you're the most amazing person in the yeah. world? And I'm like, and I do think you need to definitely tell people like whilst everyone is still here, because yeah. that was such a special thing for me. Yeah. Um, it's exposing though as it's well. It's really it? exposing, yeah. Yeah. really exposing. And just everything kind of floods your mind where you feel like I, I don't deserve all of this like yeah. kindness and niceness. Yeah. Cause it was, unrelenting in a nice way do you know what I mean <laughs> tortured, tortured by because I was just crying so much and was so overwhelmed but I think that is the nicest thing I've ever been given wow. like if, if someone ever was to ask so me what's special. yeah it's so special yeah. and I I just like I just love her so much and so kind of her to do that and yeah. for everyone to be involved in it I yeah, yeah that's really special and I feel very lucky that, that I have that that's amazing yeah okay shittest piece of advice you've received so I kind of get it now, mm-hmm. but at the time, I think the way that it was said and what was said was shit. Okay. And made me feel like shit and very confused. Mm-hmm. So it was at drama school. Yeah. And it was like in a note session with like one of the teachers. Mm-hmm. And I think I'd had like a few good notes from people. So like every, after every like term, after you'd done like a showing, it's called, you weren't allowed to call it a show, it was a showing. Okay. Because you hadn't a earned the right. Yeah, you haven't <laughs> earned the right to do a show yet. Uh, and uh, and I've been getting good notes. Sometimes you get bad yeah. notes, sometimes you get good notes. But I've been getting good notes, so I was feeling good. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, whatever. Went into him and he was like very quiet and sort of like quizzically like looking at me. Mm. And I was, like, quite awkward and was like, are you all right? Like, what did you think? And he goes to me, "Um, why do you smile all the time? And I was like, oh, I I mean, and he was like, yeah. He was like, why why is that? And I was like, "Um, oh, I don't don't know. And he was like, and why can you never be by yourself? He was like, any time I see you, you're always with someone. What the fuck? Literally saying it like this. And I was like, um... I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I just, I guess I like hanging out with people. Yeah. And he was like, no, no. He was like, my note to you today is you've got to go out. You have to eat lunch by yourself. Oh. You're not allowed to speak to anyone for the rest of the day and don't smile as much. And I was like, wow. okay. Yeah. And I felt kind of like shell shocked and a bit yeah, like, yeah. what does that mean? And made me kind of like existentially like doubt everything about yeah. myself and then, like, someone was like, hey, Joe, you're right. And I was like, um, I'm not allowed to talk <laughs> to anyone. So I'm just going to go outside by myself and hell? sat by myself eating my lunch, like, forcing myself, like, not to smile. Because I think my face just generally, it's like, just face. is a smile. <laughs> That's just, like, my, like, reset, like, button is a smile. But then <clears throat> I do get it now. He didn't say it in the best way, but I understand it now in the fact that maybe it was like quite people pleasing in yeah. a way to be smiley all the time and to be happy all the time and to be the, always the person that lifted everybody else toxic up. Toxic positivity. Toxic positivity right. almost, yeah. Yeah. Maybe to that extent. And also maybe it's like a shell around yourself. It's almost like a yeah. veneer. It's like you're not letting people in properly yeah. and you're not experiencing the training properly because yeah. you're just this smiley person all the time and nobody is happy all the time <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i guess uh and then the the being with people thing is yeah. that i i had no independence really mm. i i wouldn't 
ever go to like the cinema by myself. I would yeah. never go for like the idea of going for something to eat by myself was hell. Yeah. I wouldn't even get a coffee by myself. I always had to be with someone yeah. from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep. I yeah. always had to be with someone. Loved like like having someone else in my bed, like yeah. just like platonically even. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like just company, company, yeah, all the time. And now I'm so independent. Yeah. I like and I love like my own company. Yeah. I love doing stuff by myself. I love going to the cinema by myself. Like. Yeah. All of that sort of stuff and that independence is what I really and and that sort of self assuredness. Mm. Obviously, not all of the time, but I yeah. the self assuredness that I gained from being independent yeah. and knowing that I'm I'm okay by myself. I yeah. can stand on my own two feet and I have my own opinions actually, yeah. and I can stand by them and I can kind of fight them. I don't always have to just follow the crowd and everything's fine yeah. and everything's great. And feel what you feel. Yeah. Don't cover everything up. Yeah, I think. Um, that's what I've taken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds useful, but it sounds like a fucking brutal way of brutal. doing that. You're like 19 as yeah. well, and you're like, what the hell? I had a really similar thing, like, um, the principal of our school, we had tutorials with him. I mean, they were kind of wacky anyway. Mm. But his thing to me was that I was like, like giggly and like mm-hmm. I'd be like <laughs> and it was the people pleasing thing it was yeah. like wanting people to like me and mm-hmm. like little old me like I'm not taking up too much space and I'm only small and I'm not yes. threatening kind of thing yeah. and I think he would say it to me and it's similar I can't remember exactly what he would say but it would along similar lines I mean I think I mean problematic but I think he told me to go out and buy myself a sexy dress and walk around <gasps> Oxford in it <laughs> <laughs> which I did not. Um, oh, my God. But I think what he was trying to say uh-huh. is, like, lean into yourself a bit more and, mm. like, be more mature and, like, I think, and, like, yeah, take up more own space. Your... Own own yourself a bit yeah. more. Um, but I wonder, yeah, I, I wonder if that's, like, the backgrounds that we come from and stuff like that. And yeah. It's, it's not wanting to take up too much space and wanting to, people to like you because it's safe to absolutely, be liked. Absolutely, um, And I felt like, especially with the drama school I went to, I went yeah. to Guildhall, and the majority of people there mm-hmm. went to private schools. Yeah, same. Really, like, the top schools, yeah. a lot of them had been to Oxbridge as yeah. well. Wow, okay. Beforehand. And a lot, <laughs> no, and there's a little old me from the north. Um, and um, they had this confidence and this way of speaking yeah. to the teachers which i again this is a generalization but mm. i think the way that they were schooled yeah they were always taught to debate everything and yep. to have their opinions yeah. and and sort of rally with with the teachers yeah, yeah, yeah. to sort of volley with with the teachers yeah. whereas in my school if you had an opinion that was different it was wrong and you were told yeah. to shut up and yeah, and yeah. like be quiet yeah uh, and so having the confidence to talk to a teacher, yeah. then I feel like bleeds into the way that you are with casting directors yep. and directors and Completely. everyone having this self-assured Like horizontal energy. as opposed to vertical. Absolutely. Yeah, relationships and with people. Exactly yeah. that, yeah. Which I think, yeah, as, exactly as you said, of coming from where we came mm-hmm. from into that world, yeah. immediately I'd be like, oh, well, I'm just like the smiley, happy yeah. little northern yeah. lad. Yeah. Because I can I can never be that. Yeah. I remember like, you know, when I got into drama school, we were we were taught to read different books and one was The Right to Speak by some vocal coach. I can't remember what she's called. Um, it's, it's Patsy, isn't it? Yeah, she yeah, was yeah, my yeah. voice teacher no at way. Guildhall. Well, so yeah. I only read one chapter of it. <laughs> but I always I'm remember this read. standing out to me and she basically said that she like travelled around the country, like, you know, looking at different people's voices and she found like the people who had the like freest voices Mm. were like the young white 
kids who like went to Eton mm-hmm. um, and the people who had like the most held and like tight voices um, were like working class girls in wow. like schools yeah. um, but it's that thing of like they've been told not to take up space and mm-hmm. they kind of hold their voices and stuff like that yeah. and just on like a physiological level how how societal things affect us so therefore when you're in a class because I found it the same thing like when I'm in a class with people who have had a different education to me or something like Mm -hmm. that their ability to express how they felt I found that so intimidating and it made me feel stupid and I didn't want to say anything or even like I remember first getting into drama school and it being like what theatre have you seen and I'm like well I live in Manchester (laughs) and like it's expensive to go to the theatre yeah exactly but other people were like oh I went to see this at this place and this place and this place and then I'm like oh my god like I'm not I'm not doing I'm not a good enough actor like I'm not being the good actor who's going to see all of those shows mm-hmm. but like financially it wasn't possible and like getting a fucking train ticket down to London yeah. was just like never gonna happen yeah so I think that massively affects how you take up space within a room mm-hmm. and it's only now actually I was having this conversation I met up with some friends from drama school the other day but it's only now that I'm feeling able to walk into rooms and have a right to be there and like that has been a long process drama school didn't help it actually (laughs) but like you know doing Outlander has and like doing this podcast has because so often I'm I'm now meeting people who are quote-unquote intimidating but actually like knowing that you have a a service to offer them and it becoming equal Mm -hmm. and growing in that way is helping so much but at that point it was it was so hard to come by yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely and I think I was the exact same and I think again it is just something that you it comes with time and comes with experience and stuff and I am better at it now but I still feel I don't know I still have like I think that's my initial reaction is to say I have like an important phone call with Mm. someone or like I'm just about to do like an interview over Zoom or whatever. Yeah. I'll like be so anxious and panicked and like sweating. They're not gonna like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it's like this need to to be liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's mad. I think when it's when it's been so ingrained within you, it takes a lot of work to undo it yeah. because it's a it's a safety mechanism as well. I think like. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, I think I had a therapist who said to me, like, your go-to state is fawn. So you've got, like, fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And oh. fawn's the fourth one. Um, so when you're in a situation where you feel scared or, like, a sense of threat, uh-huh. some people go into, like, fight and they, like, become, like, more confident yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Or some people, like, run away um, and some people freeze. But actually your thing is you go into, like, insane people-pleasing. Right. And and it, and I think it, you, you become so malleable to what other people are saying because you're like, please like me, like, ha ah. yeah. And it almost becomes, like, this manic kind of fawning <laughs> over people. Right. But it's it's something that you've learned. It's, like, a maladaptive thing that you've learned to keep yourself safe. Yeah, that's so, it so serves you at some point but actually it's trusting when that um when that threat response comes up to like kind of question it and to like reassure yourself so that you can kind of settle back into something more neutral yeah for sure yeah shit that you wish you'd known sooner so this shit i wish i'd known sooner is kind of just everything that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. and even though i know it it's still about learning it and living it so kind of like the value of your self-worth isn't solely found in the opinion of others. Yeah. Because I do think you can't go through life being like, I'm me, deal with it, and I'm just (laughs) going to be a prick to everyone. Yeah. I think, you know, you you, you should be kind to people. I think you you absolutely should have your opinions Mm. and, and debate those, but you shouldn't, like, 
fight people down. You yeah. know, I hate people that that will be like so adamant that they're right that they 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 they're not malleable at all. They're so yeah. fixed and they won't hear yeah. like a discussion. So they might go through life not caring what people think mm. about them, which sure, but I don't think that's a great yeah. way to be personally. So there is a little bit that that I still hold on to of of yeah. of, of caring what people think about me, yeah. but not not solely finding my worth in that. Yeah, you have to find your self worth from within, not to sound <laughs> <laughs> not to sound like a guru. Very yeah, very Enya. <laughs> Um, and I think that's easier said than done, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think find things that make you just feel joyful. Mm. Like I love going on the paddleboard with my dog yeah. and just like looking up at the mountains and going on hikes with yeah. my dad or with my friends or being at home with my family. I'm yeah. very close to my family. I yeah. like, love them so much, my mum, dad and my sister. And I'm very lucky that I've got wonderful friends as well mm. and finding your joy and all of that rather than caring so so much about what other people think of you how you look all of that and I think it's really difficult in this industry in Mm. particular I mean we've spoken about it already it's really difficult to not let your self-worth be dictated by other people and not to feel like you have any autonomy over your life because Mm. even when you've got a job that you're like so grateful for yeah you then don't have autonomy over like different things in your life yeah um and so th- i remember listening to a podcast once where it said like an actor is only ever happy for the first five minutes after they've been told they've got a yes, job yes yes and it's so true it's so true, it's so true. yeah because um, then the anxiety immediately comes yeah. in with like imposter syndrome yeah. and like what if it was an accident yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get there I'm and gonna they're gonna realize yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then yeah. even to the point where then you're so comfortable on a job and you're like oh god i've been here yeah. for hours i just want to finish this scene and you're Hugh like ross says that um a collective noun for a group of actors is a complaint of actors yeah and I love that. <laughs> that is so, so, so true, true it? it's so true and i remember I've, I've i've said this before but i remember like when i was a kid working with like older actors mm. i remember them like if we'd be in tech for like hours and hours yeah. on end or we'd be on set waiting around for hours i remember them complaining so much and me literally being like what are you complaining about? This is so fun. Like I love acting and I love like being here. And like, obviously you can't be like that all the time, but you have to remind yourself of that sometimes. I think it's, it's so easy, so easily a job can become a job. It's Mm. something that you like chase after for so long. And it's so interesting how quickly it can sometimes become a job. Yeah. I was speaking to a friend of mine recently that's doing this amazing play, mm. which actually I saw the other day and just I loved it so much. Mm. And it really like invigorated me just about like, not that I was disheartened with no. acting really, but I just like to get back in like a rehearsal room yeah. and do a play. I loved yeah, it so yeah. much. But I think from the outside, a play can do that to, to someone and it's amazing. But if you're doing a long run of that yeah. play, of course it becomes a job yeah, after a yeah. while. Um, and some days you'll feel it and some days you yeah. won't just finding stuff that, that brings you joy mm. um outside of acting or within acting yeah. just always sort of always look for the joy yeah in life. love that <laughs> okay we're at the point of um a shit shot yeah. so that's a photo that mm-hmm. to the outside eye looked like you have your shit together but okay. at the actual time you definitely didn't Instantly. okay immediately i need to show you yeah, I've got do. coffee all over my phone <laughs> it's not working <laughs> chaos. Um, okay okay <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm at London Fashion Week. Oh my gosh, stunning. When and was this? This was, when was it? It might say. 2023, 24th of September, 2023. 24th of September, 2023. And you're wearing a lovely little I've short got suit. a lovely little Calvin Klein sh- 
suit with shorts on, <laughs> yeah, which my um, dad was quite concerned about, <laughs> but I thought it was cool at the time. It's cute. Yeah, and so it was London Fashion Week, so mm-hmm. I was like trying to give you a bit of fashion, yeah. and um, it was the evening standards party. Yeah. So like really fun, really exciting, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, go. I was taking my flatmate. And we, were, I was waiting that day yeah. for some good news from my family. I'm not going to go like fully into detail yeah. about it because it's not like fully my story to yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. So waiting for some good news. And it had been like a few hours after yeah. what we were expecting. And I was having to leave for this um, party. I think mm. I was being picked up. And um, I was waiting and waiting. And I was like, I can't leave until I've had this phone call. Yeah. And I was starting to feel really anxious about it because I'm like, it must be bad news now. It's not good news yeah. because otherwise we'd have had this call already. And I called my parents and then they hadn't heard from my sister. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of waiting and waiting. And it felt like this horrendous limbo. Yeah. And then I finally got the phone call and it was really horrendous. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. It wasn't good news. It was like really horrendous news. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was just like burst into tears, yeah. like crying my eyes out in this. I then felt so fucking stupid being in this like suit, all dressed up, like ready to go to this like party. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was like get straight home. But I yeah. couldn't. I, it was like too late to even get a train home. Yeah. I couldn't get home. My family were like, do your thing. Yeah, like, and also, nothing you can do there's nothing point. I could have done at that yeah. point. I didn't want to let people down. Yeah. It was like an important thing that I was supposed to do, and mm. I didn't want to let people down. And I felt so torn. I felt so sad, and I couldn't stop yeah. crying. And I was like, right, I'm going to get the first train home tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to go to this thing. So I called my flatmate who was waiting at, in yeah. a hotel at Green Park for me. Yeah. And I told him everything and he was like, right, um, what do you need from yeah. me? And I was like, I just need you to pretend like everything yeah. is okay. Just pretend I haven't said anything. Because mm-hmm. I said, the worst thing would be for someone to pretend everything is okay, but like look at you yeah, with that sad, pity. pitying yeah. look. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to stand that. Yeah. So Shiv, who's he's one of my best mates, yeah. he's such an amazing person. Yeah. He was the perfect person. Mm-hmm. I arrived at this hotel. He had an espresso martini waiting. He wasn't like, are you sure you're okay? Yeah, you want to do this? Yeah. He was immediately like, hey, like da-da-da. Nice. Fun, da-da. We were just yeah. having like a nice time and I just had to switch into PR yeah. mode, yeah. professional mode. And I was like, I just need to go in. And then, and like, meet all these people that I need to meet and, like, do the thing. Yeah. So I got to this venue and there's, like, loads of photographers and you have to, you have to pose oh for God, these photos. So wild, isn't and just before I had to have all my photos taken, I turned to him and I was like, can you tell I've been crying? Yeah. And bless him. <laughs> like, because obviously you could. And he went, no, no, no. He said, you actually look quite hauntingly beautiful. <laughs> and I just, wow. like, made me laugh. And I was just like, okay, thanks. And then there's, so there's, like, Getty images of me at this oh party. And, like, I just look, like, not with it. But yeah. maybe I don't. Maybe that's why I used it as a shit shot because I think yeah. other people seeing this, you're, like, think... you're, like, at this, like, huge thing for London yeah. Fashion Week. You're doing well. You're on this big show. Now you're going to these events. You're um, being photographed. Yeah. All of this stuff. You're with all these, like, famous people at yeah. this famous party. Yeah. It looks like you're doing amazing. And inside, I literally was just, like, yeah. just trying to hold it Just together. trying to hold it together. Yeah. I was a complete wreck really but I just had to switch into like professional mode did my thing and then I went home and I ended up staying at home for like a month um and uh yeah that was it was really (laughs) sorry really (laughs) (laughs) it was a really really hard time time. yeah Yeah. but um you would never know thanks to Instagram thank you for sharing that and like 
that that this is the reason that I include this question is because I think particularly within this industry and any kind of public facing role, like I mean, we interviewed a politician the other day, wow. and she was saying a similar thing, like that you're you're having all these photos taken of yeah. you, and photos are the weirdest fucking thing anyway because <laughs> yeah. there's this expectation to smile even if you're even if you've not got something fucking awful going on you might just be yeah. feeling shit there's this expectation to smile and it's already a lie mm-hmm. so then the layers that you know you're you're trying to present yourself as this glossy put together thing which Absolutely. often we have to do within this industry and there's a thousand and one things going on underneath underneath it and you know with social media and stuff like this like you might put that picture up and you might get a comment that says you look amazing but then you might also get a comment that's like why the fuck are you wearing that yeah. and like people have no concept of what what is going on underneath Absolutely. that thing and that's why i think it's so important that we talk about these things because like it's so humanizing and it's so um yeah i think everyone can relate to situations that, that they've been in where they've just kind of had to keep it together yeah for one reason or another and i think it's important to share those things yeah so thank sure. you yeah of course um okay joey <laughs> have you got your shit together no (laughs) no I don't but I feel okay with not having I don't feel like I'm spiraling out of control Mm -hmm. or having a crisis I feel like you know just take every day a day at a time and like some days you feel better some days you don't sliding scale exactly exactly so no I, I definitely don't have my shit together and I don't feel that anybody really does and I think that's okay yeah Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. This podcast is produced by Ant Hickman. The artwork is produced by Tim Saunders and the photography is by Patch Bell. A massive thank you to Cassia for letting us use their song Slow. See you on the next episode of Have You Got Your Shit Together? I'm just a little bit low I always try to lose my mind in a conversation with you